Ladies and gents, welcome back. Episode 17 on the Empowered Women's Podcast. You're with yours truly, Amanda, and we're joined back with my favorite co-host, Miranda Clare. Gorgeous. Welcome back. Thank you. So good to be here. I know. Now, we'll give everyone a heads up. I've got some drilling happening in the background. I don't know where it's come from. So every now and then if you hear a drill just come through, that's where we're at. So, yes, it's very real and raw and organic, but... um. Yeah, I didn't get time to send letters in the in the letter boxes and let her know. Look, no home renovations during this time. So yeah, suck it I'm up, guys. I'm actually hey. twenty. There's renovations next to me as well. So I was going to stick to the story that there are love bombs going off in the background because I'm a love ex- expert. But um, yeah, yeah, let's let's just work with it. Real and raw is yeah. best anyway. Exactly, exactly. All right, today we're going to chat about the different attachment styles. Excellent. I'm excited. This is one of my favourite topics. Yeah, yeah. So I've had a bit of experience with this over the last couple of weeks and understanding um, the different attachment styles and how they impact uh, in communication and how people show up in relationships and also, more importantly, how people react during a breakup situation too. So without further ado, please take the stage. Why, thank you for having me. Um, So basically, attachment styles are absolutely massive. Mm. I have been in back-to-back sessions all day, and I don't think I do a single relationship coaching session without either talking about it, thinking about it, or, or working on it. But basically, for some of you, you might already be really familiar with this, but to kind of just unpack what we mean by attachment styles for maybe people that are a bit more new to it, mm. uh, essentially our In our relationships, they tend to bring up, particularly our romantic relationships, they tend to mirror what we did or didn't have in childhood. And our parents or our primary caregivers were our first role models of love. And so the way that they did or did not love us or the way they did or did not allow us to be emotionally regulated or emotionally regulate ourselves, as well as just our natural personality type, Mm. um, it all forms an attachment style when it comes to figures of attachment. And our parents are figures of attachment because we're dependent on them up to a certain age. Mm. And even though, you know, the goal is not to be in a codependent relationship, you can actually do scientific and psychological studies and two human beings in a relationship actually co-regulate each other's heartbeat, temperature. So we do have a very intimate relationship with our loved ones, which is physiological, psychological, spiritual. And because our original kind of mentors around this love and attachment stuff or in childhood, there's often a mirroring of the flavour we did or didn't get or needed or wanted or craved. And it can sometimes be a really healthy thing or it can sometimes be a bit of a wound. But without getting into all of that, it forms how how we attached. Are we really clingy or we, or we have a tendency towards distance in our mm. relationships, basically? Yeah, yeah, okay. So what are the different attachment styles then? Look, I, there's a lot of different, you know, books and, and experts out there, myself being one of them, but I've, I've learned this from people, you know, over the years, much wiser than myself. And I've applied it to my relationships and, and also into my business now that I'm a relationship expert. But yep. to give credit where credit's due, I really personally resonate with the work of um, Stan, Stan Tatkin. Can't pronounce it. Hopefully he won't be talking <laughs> Statkin? <about him. laughs> Statkin. Yeah, for some reason it's just like... Tatkin. Napkin, like napkin with a stat at the beginning. Um, and um, good old Stan, he, he's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, check him out if you haven't already. He's got some great relationship books. And um, 
he refers to this, you know, and it gets repackaged in a lot of different labels, but I do love his metaphor and I've kind of come up with my own that works for me as well. But he talks about the wave, the island and the anchor. Mm. And so it's important to know that, and, and, and he's a very, very talented psychologist who studied this by getting very um, scientific and psychological in the study of how babies form attachment issues or strengths or weaknesses with their parents and how mm. that shows up and he discovered the relationship and basically to unpack those three styles you have the wave who in a relationship the way they regulate emotion is they co-regulate so they need the conversation they if i'm in a bad mood it's our problem like I'm not resolved until we talk it out and have a solution. And to an extent, we're all like that, but that is their knee-jerk reaction. They're the kind mm. of person, even as a friend, that if they're in a pickle, they're not going to go, I need me time. They're going to yeah. go, I'm going to start calling on my girlfriends. You know, I need to unpack it. Then and there, I'm a wave, I'm a tsunami. More is more, I come towards you when times are good or when mm. times are bad. Mm-hmm. I, I lean into you with, with passion. And um, then you've got... And it's very much about, yeah, I need you to help me regulate or I need you to help me express my love. And it's very expressive and very um, passionate and very emotional. Then you have um, the island, which is the exact opposite. Mm. And more the tendency to when when having emotional issues, they want to self-regulate. So we'll say comments like, I need me time, think we need space, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, they shut down. So, and... Even in times of love, it's like a tendency to avoid and go onto their island rather than approach. So the more a wave is feeling in love, the more wavy they'll get in a positive way. And the more they're feeling triggered, the more wavy they'll get. So emotion leads to waviness. Mm. With an island, if they the deeper they feel themselves falling, the more they might want to go onto their island to process those big feelings. Yeah. Or yeah. avoid those big feelings. So it's actually a compliment, even though it can be uncomfortable if you're a wave dating an island or vice versa. Mm. And it's a tricky one because wave's biggest fear is being abandoned. Mm. Hence why more is more. Please don't mm-hmm. run away from me. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And island's biggest fear is being engulfed. And this was created for different reasons in childhood because perhaps a um, an island was um, very much, you know, when they were upset, it was like, you know, big girls or boys don't cry. Um, come on, don't sweat the small stuff. Yep. And, um, you know, so they learned to self-regulate, whereas it might have been a more expressive, you get validation for the opposite or you've modelled the opposite. And there's a whole bunch of different reasons why you become what, good and bad. And, um, yeah, it can it can be a challenge because if you've got two people screaming out for love and one's engulfing and that's the, the other one's biggest fear and the other one is running away and that's the other one's biggest fear, that fear is even more emotion on top of the original emotion, which is going to create even more of that polarity. And in the middle is the people called um, the anchors. I have to be careful I don't jumble that word up. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on, I'm second guessing it. There was no W. Okay, good. So anchors <laughs> In the middle, and it, it, there's not a good, bad, or they're all equal. It's like saying a, you know, peacock is better than a lion. They're just yeah. different. And the anchor is kind of balanced, so they can self-regulate or they can co-regulate. They can take it or leave it. They they just value balance. So I guess their biggest fear is the opposite of balance. They really value healthy and balanced. So if they had someone that got really wavy, 
they might go that's unbalanced or they might mm-hmm. become more islandy because mm. it's kind of the the, the yin yang of go that. either way type thing can't they chameleon but that, it doesn't mean they've had a good childhood and the other people haven't mm. it's just we all responded to our environment and our personality and our attachment figures and relationships we created these emotional tendencies of how to regulate ourselves and show up in relationships where we feel attached yeah. and particularly romantic and um it really plays out in relationships massively so with because uh, you, you've obviously known me for a few months now just for the listeners which attachment style would you say my personality fits into and what what would you say yours fits into great question um we're, we're twinning on all fronts we've got the amanda and miranda show with the jackhammering next door um <laughs> We've both got I've got a leopard hat. print bra and you've got a leopard print jacket on your chair. So we're winning what there. What would your spirit animal be? Mine would be a lioness. Don't tell me yours would be too. Uh, I think a flamingo. I've always loved Ooh. flamingos. Yeah, always. Always been drawn to flamingos. Yeah. I love it. Look, I, I would say knowing you, you know, on a on a close friend level outside of our amazing um, business and podcast projects we do, I would definitely say, with no questions asked, a big, juicy wave. Let's take a quick break. This short ad break is proudly sponsored by my friends at Gravity Colon Therapy, located in Brisbane and Southport on the Gold Coast. If you're feeling really backed up, struggling with constipation, which is leading you to not really being able to think clearly, then I suggest it's time you got your pipes cleaned out. These guys are the only place in Queensland which offers the Woods Gravity Method of Colonics, which is the safest, most comfortable and effective method of colonics out there. So to book your first session, visit gravitycolontherapy.com.au to get 25 bucks off your first session and let the owner Christy know that Amanda sent you. Okay, back to the show. Oh, okay. Summer wave. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually wish that I could have recorded some of our voice memos as a wave demonstration. The mm. passion in you when you're processing emotion is absolutely beautiful because authenticity and realness is one of my top values. Yeah. And I am, you know, it, it's interesting. I'm an island more so in my current relationship and, and stage of life. However, up until now, always wavy, wavy, give me a tsunami wave. And I think the reason for that is because I, being a relationship expert, often people think that when you're the coach, you're the coach and they're the student, but true coaches realise that they're choosing their niche because that's the thing they need to learn and the coach is learning as much as the student you're learning from each other. And so I think choosing love as my niche, I've done so much work on myself in the context of self-love and relationships Mm. that I have really done some deep healing it's always almost made me more anchor-like because mm. I see couples all day every day um, experiencing the devastation of when these attachment styles take over a relationship in a destructive way and mm. it's been a really great learning for me to kind of go interesting is that where I want my relationships to wind up because I've seen my wave get out of control in the past and it's almost like I needed to explore my what my island to make up for all the years of being a really out of balance wave. And now I've just kind of come into balance in a balanced place in the middle. Yeah. And my partner is also at a balanced place in the middle. And I guess we, we ying each other's yang and he is slightly more wavy, which makes me slightly more islandy. Yeah. The first time I actually feel safe in a relationship, whereas 
I, I had people that were um, narcissists, quite um, not the right person for me, massive learnings and I have nothing but gratitude, but just, mm. yeah, not, they, they were lessons. They weren't the loves of my life, even though I might have thought they were at the time like we do. But yeah. I think I felt I was attracting people because of my dad wound, abandonment wound, who were abandoning me on some level. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. abandonment wound made me want to be the island that chased to resolve the unresolved part of me that wished my dad didn't leave when I was six. I've done healing on myself with my dad, with relationships, and I'm with a partner that shows up so fully that it's it's perfect that he's wavy because it reassures me. It doesn't trigger me because I've been the wave. He's not in an unwell way. It's in a beautiful forward just I love you, love you, let me love you yeah. some more way. Yeah. And I feel safe enough to ask for me time. I feel safe enough to explore my inner introvert. I don't feel anxious that he's going to leave. I'm actually okay with it if anyone does leave my life because mm. I don't abandon me anymore. And so there's been this whole cycle, but I really get you. And I think I'm trying to emphasize the opposite because where I'm at, I feel safe too. Yeah. Okay. So in, um, say in relationships, okay, what's a good combination of um, attachment styles? Like what, what's, going to stand the test of time versus what's going to crumble basically they're all fucked if you ask me because if you get two islands they're at risk of never talking to each other again because it's the the motto for the island is darling i love you but just from the other room or i Mm. need me time Mm -hmm. so if you have people doing that if we come back to the relationship dynamics piece there is a dependent relationship which should only be a newborn baby with their mother. Let's mm. take that out of adult relationships, hopefully. Um, there is independence, and that is where you have two people acting like they're single, going, no, I'm just being authentic. I'm just not going to change because why should a relationship change me and the other person's doing the same? It's like, good for you. You have two singles pretending to be in a relationship. Yeah. That's violence or two people acting like islands, probably because they're either terrified of being a wave or terrified of becoming codependent because they yeah. maybe have in the past or mm-hmm. have seen it and associated pain to it, or maybe been on the receiving end of it. Now, if you get two waves, you have two people crashing into each other, which can get equally toxic and can Mm. become the codependent smush where it's you're my other half, you complete me, oh, my God, I couldn't even work today because you didn't reply to a text message. And it's like (laughs) um, now we have codependence on steroids. Imagine two tsunamis (laughs) crashing into each other. Problematic. I can relate to that, though. I've definitely been in a situation like that. It's very, it's fun, but it's intense. And then, yeah. It is fun to have two of the same because ultimately rapport comes from similarities. But at the end of the day, relationships are about love, unconditional love. And love happens at the crossroad between support and growth. All support, you get bored. And all growth, you get so triggered, you leave. Yeah. You need that beautiful balance of sugar and salt. Yes. Because then you grow, but you feel safe to grow. And you just love and it's unconditional. And I think even though it's in your comfort zone to have two of the same, it can become out of balance because there's no polarity there and you're basically both reinforcing each other's um, patterns. And if I've heard a saying, it's pretty brutal, but if you have two of the same people, one of you is redundant. So people are meant to help each other grow and reflect. Mm, it's true. Out. I mean, we never end up, we never truly end up with someone that is 100% 
like on the same page at any given time, no. you know. Nobody, and I'm not even, yeah, it's, it's hard to be on the same page with yourself half the time. How the hell yeah. is someone else supposed to be? Yeah. I just think, yeah, like you said, eventually each of us is just going to get bored because we're not really learning anything from each other if we're exactly the same. So, Absolutely. yeah. And I think two anchors, there's a natural propensity to zig and zag each other and yin and yang each other. So if one's being islandish, the other one might become wavish and so forth. So yeah. I suppose if I had to pick, that might feel like the most balanced. But I guess the reason I'm hesitant to is I don't want it to seem like one is better than another because this is someone's like whole love identity and I want them all to be relationships are meant to be triggering relationships are meant to be healing they're meant to bring up all your shit they're meant to help yeah. you grow yeah. so they're all fucked, but they're all perfect as well so it's just deal with what you've got and if you're two islands get the breakthrough not to be independent and become interdependent and let each other in if you're two waves that are codependent have the breakthrough and start valuing space and get on your own goal plans yeah awesome interdependent be the best interdependent that you can be and um if and and take turns islanding and waving so the relationship has variety and there's not always a runner and a chaser yeah yeah okay do you have any examples of how a conversation may go between Mm -hmm. um say like an island and a wave absolutely um say they're in an argument of some sort Okay, so if you and I had an argument, let's say that we were doing this podcast, even though we're not in a romantic relationship, these patterns show up all the time. Mm. And I showed up an hour late, completely disrespected your time and your schedule and all you beautiful listeners. Um, you, oh, you would know I, about it, 100%. <laughs> I would know about it. I would get one of these voice memos of yours that I do actually save and re-listen to because they're just magnificent. But your voice memos start at a, at, a, at, a, at a soft decibel and by the end are like <laughs> the passionate tsunami that's just <laughs> taking out all of Australia. And it, so your, your reaction to that would be, hey, babe, just want to speak my truth but, like, I was expecting you to be here at 3 p.m. and now it's 4. And, look, I'm just going to be really real and just say, like, I feel really disrespected by you and we need to have an honesty chat. Like, this is just not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you answer my call? Like, why can't people just call anymore? Why why do we believe this is a voice memo anyway? Like, it's rude. I'm your friend. Call me. (laughs) That is so me. That's so true. Feel free to get me back at any point on the call. And um, my response, if I was being an island about that, would be to see the call and islands hate surprise calls and hate surprise door knocks because they're not ready to be co-regulated because they haven't regulated themselves. So it feels like this like it feels like you're literally a surgeon being interrupted in the middle of heart surgery like no this isn't the time my nervous system is reacting and so i would see the missed call and immediately like not answer it and think no i'm too triggered i just need to like process this a bit more Mm. and then i would listen to the voice memo and then i would text you and say um hey darling i'm sending you love and light i'm just going to take some me time to process and um I'll, I'll let you know when i come out of my healing hole and we can talk about it then mm. and then i'll go into the room 
been total silence, being as triggered as you, but sit there and binge watch the entire Sopranos, probably drinking a bottle of organic red wine and um, like fighting the tears inside. And meanwhile, you'd probably ball your eyes out on the voice memo and over it. Yeah. Or brooding yeah, on it because I didn't answer the phone. We started a new sideline over that. So <laughs> I must say, I I tend to move past breakups pretty quick these days because mm. I do. I let it all out. I process it very quickly, and I've got really good resources and ways to understand every single individual situation or breakup or what what have you, yeah. and then just move past it really quickly. So yeah, that's where I'm like, oh, this is how yeah, it is. It's, it's- I don't need time to process because I've already processed it the entire relationship. Um, And so I'm always ready to kind of go. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's been heard because there's that element of waves hate being ignored. They hate withdrawal. They hate abandonment. Yeah, very much so. It might trigger another thing of like, why can't you just call me back? I find this really rude. Like we haven't even resolved this because you need co-regulation to regulate it and Mm. the voice memo doesn't hit it. That's not a person-to-person validation. And then the island would be triggered going, you're not respecting my boundaries. You're calling. I'm not ready. This is such an encroaching of my, like, you know, and so you can see how it gets lost in translation. And another fighting style would be, let's say we finally talk, um, an island really appreciates like either calmness or avoidance so it might be like hey darling if you said to me darling I know what your soul's made of I'm just ready to just let this whole thing go love you let's just move on Mm. I'm like cool because I'd already regulated myself you've now helped me avoid and be on my island around this whole drama Mm. whereas if you screamed at me I might go, whoa, 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 like I feel attacked. Oh, my God. And it's weird because I used to be a wave, so I'm not particularly like that. I kind of go, go, sister, I know why you're feeling that. Um, But if I was a wave from birth and hadn't done the work and stuff, um, whereas a a wave, it's almost like a love language expression. So if I I chimed up and answered the phone and said, the reason I didn't want to talk now is because I want to tell you to piss off. Ah," You'd be like, yeah, like like the passion is actually a compliment. Yeah. Why would you get so fired up if you didn't care? Like, yeah. that's not offensive. It's no. like delivery, explosive isn't offensive to a wave. but it, Not at it, all. The nervous system of an island. Mm. Whereas, the, yeah, so so the delivery and the intensity, waves don't mind a bit explosive. Mm-hmm. Do. I agree so with that. Totally. Yeah. Because, oh, look, a really, really fine example of that was me and my partner on the show. You know, she was very much like an island and I was very much wavy and trying to get answers out of her. Sometimes she's very cool, calm and collected, but also manipulative. And I'm like, nah, this isn't happening. Why is this happening? Why can't you just answer, you know, straight question, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. So it can be very um, demanding on the spot for answers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think I've, I don't know, in sort of the last couple of relationships I've been in, I've sort of gone, you know what, just have a real kind of cool, calm, take it or leave it attitude of these are my boundaries and either you can meet them or you can't because no point dragging something out that you know deep down isn't actually working or the timing's not right for it or anything like that. Because either way, like 
you're going to you're going to hurt yourself either way. If you stay in it too long and you keep hitting brick walls, it's like you might as well just get out. Just yeah. be calm about it. Just set the boundary and the truth the truth will quickly come forward in that situation. And I think the more you empower yourself with information like this, just like the love languages or whatever, it's not about making yourself wrong for what you are, making your partner wrong for what they are. You just go, cool, I'm words of affirmation and they're gifts. Now I know how to love you better. And um, with regard to um, if you are wavy and you know this information, you're more likely as you learn this information to still love and own your wave but maybe work on doing a bit more of the opposite, like stopping and counting to 10, valuing calmness, not taking it personally if people need to cool down. And if you're islandish, you can start to respect that not everyone needs me time. And you've got to find that balance of maybe showing up when you don't want to, accepting the call. And that's where we all meet in the middle and kind of acknowledge and respect and, and be flexible yeah. with each other's style. Yeah. Yeah. So in a breakup situation, then how does each uh, attachment style kind of handle that? Okay. Um, in a breakup situation, it's a very magnified emotional situation. So the wave becomes a tsunami and the island goes from being like a big chunky island in the Maldives to like a remote one in the middle of the Antarctica. So they go further out. Yeah. <laughs> Keep so going. Like, see ya. Absolutely. absolutely. And um, I guess the the real underlying fear of, um, of, of both can come out where it's, you know, please don't engulf me as mm -hmm. the island and please don't leave me as the wave. But sometimes people can do a bit of a flip because they're so sick of feeling that pattern and that emotion that the wave might go, I'm fed up with being fed up. I'm just not going to talk to you and I'm going to block you on everything because it's like that's still them being wavy, but they think they're being islandy to pun punish the island. Yeah. Or the island might just absolutely lose it and go and fire off all the stuff that they've been bottling up while they've been having me time. So there are these occasional sort of um, reversals that happen, but um it's still kind of just reinforcing what they are because you're like, you wouldn't have bottled all that up if you weren't an island and yeah. um, you wouldn't have done such extreme measures if you were away. So it's um, in, in a breakup, uh, a wave would probably need to talk to everyone about it, talk to their therapist, talk to their friends, process That's me. it, journal, That's me. <laughs> um, write yeah. a letter and burn it. Yeah. send voice most to themselves, um, write a big um, letter to the island, of, you know, the whole lot. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. have several conversations. Look, can we just have closure conversation? Can we have a closure conversation about the closure conversation? Can we, you know? <laughs> and it doesn't stop. <laughs> um, can we be friends and have a big chat about our new boundaries as friends? Um, whereas uh, an island will probably um, go into hibernation and just go like, wow, I, I feel a lot more peaceful. I don't know if relationships are for me. I'm just going to take me time. I really want to spend this time to just like, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to study meditation and I'm just going to knuckle down. And, you know, so it's that real, do you go into the cave 
or do you, you know, start going into explosions? And and it's that co-regulation as well. The the wave needs other people to process that emotion, mm. and there's a fear of abandonment underlying it all. And they may even run out and try and find a replacement person quite quickly. Where an island could do that as well mm. because that's their way of avoiding. So it's and, and avoidance is more of a tendency with them. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how. I guess, yeah, the island would probably implode, whereas the wave would explode if oh. really pushed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some things you mentioned there about how the the island, um, oh, just a couple of things you mentioned. I forgot now. But um, I could really relate to that as well. Yeah. So I, I kind of think maybe through the break, oh, sorry. So you said like an island, an island would recognise that maybe they're at peace now that they've broken up from the relationship and that they're really enjoying their me time because it's amazing when you come on the other side of those breakup emotions, you do feel a lot better and you're like, yeah. do yes. I really need that person back in my life? You know, you're kind of like, mm, I think I'm better now. Like I'm better without being so integrated with them. Depends definitely for islands because islands self-regulate and so being by yourself, you're actually in your comfort zone to be yeah. an island. So mm -hmm. I think if you've been in a toxic relationship, everyone on some level does feel relief as well as grief. There's both. Um, but the relief is if you are fighting and drama nonstop, then of course you're going to take that breath that you've been holding on to not knowing if you can sleep at night and walking on eggshells and it feels really yeah. unsafe. But mm. then once you let that breath out, you also let the tears out because you might grieve either the person or the drama or whatever as well. So grief and relief go hand in hand with a, with a breakup often. Mm. And basically um, within a relationship, oh, no, I'm having blank spots. Can we just stop trying to be each other? I was, you reminded me of something that I wanted to say about that. Ah. Often waves feel in their comfort zone in the honeymoon period because mm. there's a lot of bombing, there's a lot of passion, there's a lot of waviness from both. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, this is my superpower. You speak in my language. But the island can feel really out of control and can be like, oh, my, like they can love it. Everyone loves the honeymoon period, but it can yeah. feel a little bit nerve-wracking. Whereas once you go into that through, so there's three stages to relationship, passion, problems, peace. And mm. if you break up, you break up at the problem stage. And if you make it, you move beyond that. And then you spend the rest of your life going through passion, problems and peace. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a relationship and you make it through the problems, like a wave is in their comfort zone, honeymoon, or passion and problems. But then they start getting nervous in the peace because they're like, oh, my God, we're comfortable. Oh, my God, it's not as much excitement. Oh, my God, there's no less I love yous. Oh, my God, we're not um, doing it like rabbits. Oh, my God. You know, like so it's the withdrawal of love due to peace yeah. is felt whereas the island loves that stage because they're finally feeling peaceful and they can have a bit more space mm. whereas it goes the other way around where an island is a little bit more oh my god I don't know where this relationship is going to go and I've got to consider someone else's emotions even though I'm loving it and the problems I want to avoid them but when it's peaceful you can kind of have that space within the relationship more so they start loving it then mm. and um when it comes to a breakup, even though both will feel relief and grief, yeah. I think the island is more in their comfort zone at that stage. Um, and if they moved on quickly, it would be, like I said, to avoid processing the grief, etc. Yeah. Um, yep. 
or they may avoid that because they want to stay in the relief. Whereas a wave might go, I co-regulate. I haven't got my person anymore. My girlfriends or boyfriends or therapists now need to become that person that I can co-regulate with, or mm-hmm. I need to jump into another relationship because the the grief is so great. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Relief. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. You know, Interesting. Stuff, yeah. yeah. I think if- every every attachment style just needs to remember self-love is a journey before, during, and after every relationship. And if everyone can just look in the mirror and realise you've already met your soulmate and everyone else is a bonus. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that to be independence, it's too good for relationships or scared of them. They're friggin' magical. But relationships, money, certain things in life are magnifying forces. If you have more money and you're a greedy person, you're going to be even more greedy with money. If you're a shitty, insecure person, single, you're going to be even more shitty and insecure in a relationship. So they're a magnifier. Yeah. So make your self-love beautiful. Make your life beautiful. And, of course, have it as a goal to magnify that. But get it to 100% on your own so that with a magnifying glass it gets to 1,000. But don't think you're at 20 and a relationship's going to get you to 100. No, no, that's right. Um, you haven't really spoken much about the anchor in this yes. situation. Um, you've left out anchor quite a bit. Very, very, that's because they're so, just so balanced. They're, um, or are yeah, they so vanilla? Are they boring? Not vanilla and boring, but they're, they're literally um, accepting of both. So mm. they, can, um, they can lean into a relationship and co-regulate and have an honest chat, they can happily have space. So if they were dating a wave and that wave always wanted to process, they would be happy to do that because then they can top up the wave, have the wave's needs met, and then go be yeah. an island. And the the wave would probably be willing to get them to be an island because they feel so reassured and topped up. Yeah, um, yeah. And vice versa for an island is they could give the island loads of space because they're they're not massively impacted by that mm. and then enjoy when they're together so i yeah i really think that i have gotten to that um anchor stage myself after being both polarities of being very much in my wave um attracting codependent relationships being burnt by that and then swinging to the opposite and going mm. it's self-love it's me time my introversion came out more I really got independent and yeah, it's that, it's that balance now. And I can deal with, um, I think when you're an anchor, you can deal with waviness or islandness because you're at such a good point of balance and you can give you what you need and give them what they need. But the thing that becomes unattractive to a anchor mm-hmm. is out of balanceness. So if you dated another anchor that became wavy or another anchor that became islandy, you could, and if that island or wave allowed you to reassure them so that you could give yourself the opposite, mm-hmm. that would be good if they were always coming at you as a wave and nothing you did was ever good enough. It would You'd go, that's not healthy. That's not balanced. Same with the island. If they always wanted me time, you just go, this doesn't really feel balanced. Like, what's the point of being in a relationship? But it would come from a, the lack of balance would be the red flag. Got you. Okay. I don't really have any other questions around this. Um, I've just got to be transparent. Hey? Yeah, that's all right. I saw you yawning earlier. I won't hold it against you. I won't be no. a while. No, I've actually <laughs> got a killer migraine. I'm not going to lie. I've got the worst migraine. So I'm struggling on this podcast today. But oh. it's such a, such a good topic. But, yeah, just had no sleep last night. Thanks, Rumi. <laughs> 
So um, um that's the yeah. after hours podcast. That's, <laughs> um, that's a whole other conversation. That one. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but um, what I was going to share with you, and you can yes. just sit there and nibble on Nurofen or something, because I've got no problem talking. My wavish tendencies come out on podcasts. Yeah. Um, I, people are like, she's not an introvert. And I'm like, yeah, try calling me off guard. You'll see whose call gets cleared. Uh, anyway, I um, <laughs> I use the analogy of cat, dog, or balanced. So think of it. I've got a cat and a dog, funnily, and that's probably where I got the metaphor. But my dog is a British bulldog. Mm. He is big 30-kilo buff head that slobbers that looks like Winston Churchill. He is such a dude no personal space, zero obedience, more is more. Um, visitors come in and he barks and they go, oh, my God, your dog's aggressive. And I'm like, no, you just haven't adored him yet. You know, they have to mm. go, who's a handsome boy? And he knows when you filled up his love tank, If you just, his, his love language is touch. If you just pat him, doesn't cut it, he's like, and he, and he carries on and he's <laughs> like adored is the word. My cat on the other hand. And so for me, the breakthrough with the dog is when he gives me a bit of space. Like if mm-hmm. he's sulking outside because I didn't walk him, I'm like, oh, who's a sookie boy? Because that that me-timeness is just such a refreshing quality that happens 1% of the time that yeah. that's endearing. Whereas my cat is typical cat. I do life on my terms. I'll tell you when I'm ready to be patted. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. approach her, you're ready for a pat, she'll scratch you, run away. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you lie there on your bed, don't make eye contact, pretend you've been watching something on Netflix and yep. literally don't acknowledge her. Trot, 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 does her cute little meow announcing she's ready for some cuddles Yeah, and then just wrap her little paws around your face. So That's smoky all the time. Yes. I always give so, him space so he can um, come and schmooze me because I love so it. So I guess there's mm. a real lesson when you think of it as animals. If, if you want a bulldog to leave you alone you adore it then it calms down and chills out if you want a cat to come to you you chill out and let it come to you and so islands are cats waves are puppy dogs and anchors are just a balanced hybrid of the two a bird (laughs) yeah i've always tried to think what's the animal what's a really balanced they're the balanced bird (laughs) the balanced bird that lands on your finger or flies away and um yeah, so if you've got an island in your life that's frustrating you, mm. give them space and let them feel that I love you from just from the other room yeah. and they'll come to you when they're ready. And it, that's authentic. It doesn't mean they don't know what they've got till it's gone. So I really love your cat-dog analogy of attachment styles. I think it keeps it really straightforward for people. So just to summarise so that people can, I guess, you know, wrap it all up and take, you know, Take the best gold nuggets from our conversation. How would we wrap up today's convo? Great question. Uh, Look, what I would say is in relationships, contrast equals magnetism. So you want to have a yin-yang at all times. And outside of the cat-dog stuff, you know, if you find you're always in your masculine energy, be a bit feminine and vice versa. If you find you're always direct, throw in a bit of indirect and all of that creates spice because it means there's variety in your relationship. But in the context of the cat, dog, and the what we'll call the balanced bird, as of today's podcast officially, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I would say 
if you've listened to this and you've identified that you you yourself are a bit more of a cat energy, in other words, an island, so you need a lot of me time, you have a tendency to avoid um, and all of those kind of things, I would say in your intimate relationships, if that's your default that you spend like 80% of the time in, mix it up and actually get into puppy dog energy and occasionally push your comfort zone to go more is more. Here's a bit of a love bomb, non-narcissistic, but like, let me be really expressive. Let me surprise you. Let me call you out of the blue, accept your call out of the blue, be really, really expressive and um, wave-like in your emotion. It's going to be a pattern interrupt and we all like variety. We get bored easily. Yeah. And it's also just going to create some balance. So instead of being 80% your style, you're going to come closer to that 50-50 mark, which is always the point of power or balance. Mm. And if you notice that you're a bit more dog-like where it's like, you know, you walk into to a dog energy, it's like, hi, nice to see you. What's personal space? Hi, eye contact. What are you eating? <laughs> and maybe if that's your default setting, love you. But maybe um, practice uh, being a bit more cat-like and saying no, taking a bit more me time and um, being a bit more reflective, counting to 10 before you explode. And again, that'll be creating variety, magnetism, attractiveness, and it also create personal balance from personal development point of view. And as a little bit of a life hack, and, you know, if, if you're the balanced bird, practice mm. getting out of balance because, you know, everything in moderation, including moderation and you know, to always be balanced, it's, it's kind of having, um, I guess, the breakthrough of allowing yourself to get a bit crazy and be a bit wave-like sometimes. Yeah. Or really not just be chilled and kind of echoing what other people want from you, but having an activity, you know, once every so often where you take yourself on a date and you turn your phone off and you actually take that me time and um, put your needs first rather than just being a chameleon and matching what other people around you need. Mm. And um, another little thing is if you see um, a dog and it you're, you're a cat and that dog is being overly intense and doing your head in, your impulse will be to take you time to escape that engulfment, which is your biggest fear. Do that. Be authentic. But if you actually want to calm that behaviour, go up to that dog energy and go, I love you. Who's a good boy? Who's a good girl? So much love. What do you need from me? And top their love tank up and watch how mm. quickly they let you be a cat again. So it's actually the more you withdraw, you the more you'll get that neurot neurotic behaviour that you're freaking out about because they yeah. feel new because you're pulling away. If an island is pulling away and you are, or a cat is pulling away and you are a dog, don't do the dog impulse of like, hi, have I done something wrong? Do you want to talk this out? You're doing what you wish they would do for you in that situation, but they need the opposite. So when they're going through that, say to them, why don't you take some you time? I'm going to go out with my friends. I think it's, you know, probably about that time that you have a bit of a chill out. I'm sensing that. I know you really well. Let me know if I'm wrong. Mm. But um, I'm going to go do me today. You do you. Love you to pieces. Have a great time in the cave. Go, go do you. I love it. And I love that. Watch how quickly that island becomes a bit more like, hey, wait, I miss you. Like my cat yeah. when I ignore yeah. it, will be like, meow, hello, mm. I'm back. Mm -hmm. And so it's reverse psychology, but it really, this is not a game, by the way. This is just utilising human behaviour. I don't mm. believe in games at all, but I do believe in the dance of love. You know, you look at a tango, there's choreography, it's smouldering, there's which take different turns of leading, there's different energies. That's different to a game. No one wants a game, but we do like a dance. Mmm, love that. All right, that was a fantastic kind of uh, wrap-up to a, another amazing episode with you, my girl. So 
Um, let us know what you thought about this episode, what the takeaways were for you guys today. Again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. If you want to reach out to Miranda, all of her information will be below in the show notes. Um, feel free to take a snapshot and share this onto your Instagram stories. You know, the more you can share this, the more we can get more listeners on board as we are still climbing the ranks in the podcast world, which is um, awesome news. And Miranda, on that note, uh, what's on for the rest of your day today? That's a really good question. Um, You're in lockdown and all. I'm in lockdown, but I'm in loved up lockdown. I actually, um, as the soulmate coach and a self-confessed Disney princess at heart, um, I actually got a beautiful surprise for my two-year anniversary yesterday, which was Mm -hmm. a bit of a sparkly blinger on the left hand. It's a commitment ring to say. I saw that. Yeah. So we are both very romantic, hence why what I do is very one brand. And so we actually are going to do commitment ring then engagement ring then wedding ring and we're going to renew our vows each year with each of those cycles so if anyone on social media is sick of seeing um rings at every anniversary i'm not and yes we have um celebrated this multiple times so we're going to continue doing that and um just have a really homely day you know sort out the garage with a glass of wine and the music on and i shouldn't say more than one glass of wine because you are actually doing my program at the no, moment monitoring no. the of my uh corona kilos on my ass at the moment but um yeah unless you're marketing that's actually a great marketing ploy kill those yeah. corona kilos now but I'm, absolutely. absolutely yeah i'm gonna use what, that one what would be, what would be my matchmaking one it's a matching um, marketing line for me. Um, oh. kill the, um, I think everyone's feeling quite like isolated in lockdown. A lot of people are going to my bother <laughs> on the dating scene, especially yeah. here in we've been in lockdown. I'm trying forever. to think. I'm trying to use um yeah. we've spoken about today. Um, well, kill the island in your life. Kill the island in your life. Review, renew your love. Um, oh, I don't know. Gotta, it, it's got to, oh, I can't, yeah, no, I can't think you've put me on the spot. Normally good with stuff like this. I did yeah. that on purpose. I did that on purpose because I like shit, as you know. Um, no, I, um, I'm i not going to – I shouldn't say that. You do my program. I feel burpees coming on. Nah, <laughs> um, so, not a burpee fan, to be honest. Oh, my God. There's so, much, better, good. much better exercises that are going to hurt your body a lot less. So Yeah, no, I'm all good for injuries. Um, so basically um, I – what was I going to say? Yeah, I, I read a really interesting article that – because we're so in a digital age at the moment with a lot of lockdown in many places before it was kind of like love at first sight and now it's love at first type. So it's, you know, people look at grammar and spelling errors and how good your photo is. And it's like, are we hiring this person to be a photographer an author or our partner? So um, <sighs> yeah, if you want help with that stuff, let me know because I'm a matchmaker and I can do all the screening for you. Mm. Catfish or letting um, grammar get in the way of true love. <laughs> so if someone has an online dating profile, yeah, right, and they're looking at particular people or prospects or, you know, can you help them spruce up their profile or even fish yeah. out a potential partner? Yeah. 100%. I work very holistically as a matchmaker. So, yes, I do direct matches, person A, meet person B, as they sail off into the sunset because I've nailed the soulmate connection. But I also do it indirectly where I go, right, show me your profile. And I'm like, nah, lose that photo, 
why is there a filter? What the hell is that headline? And we give it a complete audit because that's after I've done a few sessions and deep dive into their heart and soul. Mm. And I'm like, this is false advertising. Like, no wonder you're not meeting the one. This does not showcase you. The person they meet on a date is not the person you've you've presented yourself to be. You've either um, oversold, undersold or given the wrong message. And, yeah, um, yeah my clients send me screenshots and I'm kind of like their Cupid or their Hitch where we, um, I go, what do you think you should write? And then I'm like, absolutely not. And so we write it again together. And oh, it's really awesome. People, yeah, people become better at dating. Yeah. I think I need to do that. Maybe oh, I need to do that. Too. I'm not crazy. saying, yeah. oh, look, I think my game's pretty tight. I must say, like, I don't really have an issue getting women. <laughs> My game is fairly tight. And I I don't know, I'm at the point where I'm like, I think I just don't want to date anyone for this summer. Like I just want to go out and be a hoe for summer, have fun. (laughs) Because like the weather's banging at the moment, you know, and I just think, oh, I had a good old time at the start of the year. I was bringing home a few girls, you know, it was great. There was no string. I mean, you don't want that forever. But I know. need to quote you. You're my favourite text that I think I've received all year from anyone was from you this week. We're having a really sensitive DNM about love and about dating and about this and about that. And then I was like, yeah, maybe maybe it is a good time to have some time out. And you're like, yeah, but I can't help that I'm sexy. <laughs> it was the best. I'm like, that is just beautiful being self-love to a T. I love oh, it. Oh, mate, I'm not short of cockiness. Let me tell you, you know. But it's it's kind of refreshing at the same time. I'm not arrogant. I just like to have no, a bit no, of fun. No, no it's, it definitely didn't come across as arrogant. It was endearing, adorable, outrageous, and I was howling <laughs> with laughter. Right? That's why I love you. That's why I love you. I love you right back, <laughs> Dallin. So yeah. All righty. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, I think we're going to get off this call and we'll book in our next session to chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening in. You know what to do. You know where to find us. The links will all be in my bio. Until next time, we'll catch you then.